This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Oh Lord, just give me five more minutes, please. Holy Spirit's like, no, get up and pray. I want to bring you breakthrough. You're like, oh, but my flesh is weak. My spirit is willing. And the Holy Ghost is saying, then get up, spirit. And you're saying, no, no, but you don't. I, I got to bed late last night. The Holy Spirit's saying, then go to bed earlier tomorrow night. And, then, and you're saying, no, but I, 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 and the Holy Spirit's saying, stop making the excuses. I'm trying to bring you into breakthrough. One of the greatest influences of my spiritual life has been Catherine Kuhlman. I could tell you stories. I don't have time to get into it now, but the depth of her relationship with the Holy Spirit. People wonder how she was so sensitive to God. It's because she spent so much time with him. And she said this. She said she's gone on to be with the Lord. Many of you may not know who she is. She was an amazing miracle worker. She breathed in the Spirit. She prayed in the Spirit. She said this, I pray all the time. Because if I limited the Holy Spirit to a certain number of hours a day, I would be in danger of using him for my own purpose. If, for instance, I spent one hour a day in prayer, I would expect the Holy Spirit to reward me for that hour. I would begin to feel that it was that hour in prayer that caused the anointing in the meeting. No, I cannot use the Holy Spirit in that way. I must practice his presence all the time. Before her meetings, people said that she used to be seen, you know, pacing back and forth. She was talking, you know, to God, and, and there was this, this, this sense that she was one with him. She would be wringing her hands, sometimes crying aloud. It was an intense thing just to see. Carl Roberts, she said, it was like they were talking back and forth, and you couldn't tell where Catherine started and where the Holy Spirit left off. It was oneness. And she once said this. She said, I surrendered unto him all there was of me, everything. Then for the first time, I realized what it meant to have real power. Maybe that seems too high and holy for you. Maybe that seems, that lifestyle seems unattainable to you. But you can walk in the presence and power of God. His presence and power is within you. We just have to work it out. Amen. How many want to walk in power? Amen. Listen, God says this in 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. We don't need one more thing to live holy. He has given us everything. He's given us his name. He's given us his word. He's given us his blood. He's given us access to the throne of grace. He has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. He says, we have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. That's a pretty good deal. See, it would have been enough if he saved us. It would have been enough if he'd have rescued us out of the kingdom of darkness and saved us from the pit called hell. But he's given us everything we need to succeed in life. And many times we take that for granted because we're busy. 
And because of the things we don't have, sometimes we fail to appreciate everything that God has done for us and is doing for us even now. I tell you the truth. If you could pull back the veil on the spirit realm, you would see the angels fighting demons on your behalf. You would see God rising up and fighting for you. You would see how much he has stopped from coming your way. All the trials, all the troubles that have come into your life. I promise you that God has kept most of it away from you you are hidden with Christ and even now I'm telling you God in the name of Jesus would you help us today to begin to stir with a hunger for holiness a desire for power a desire for your heart a desire to move and live and have our being in you in a new way a deeper way God we are not satisfied with Christianity as usual we want to walk in the depths of the glory in the heights of the glory we want to walk in love and peace that passes all understanding so God teach us today because we are not satisfied where we are we want more of you we don't don't want more of you we need more of you so give us ears to hear today because we want to change we want to be like Jesus we just want to be like Jesus that is our highest calling is to be conformed into his image so help us today to receive the truth that sets us free in Jesus name amen What does it mean to live in the spirit? Living in the spirit is living under the control of the Holy Spirit instead of the control of your carnal nature. Your carnal nature is your unrenewed mind. It's your flesh. I don't want to be controlled by my flesh anymore. I don't want to be controlled by the carnal nature. I don't want to be controlled by my unrenewed mind. I don't want to be controlled by the enemy of my soul. I want to be under the complete control of the Holy Spirit. That is worth living for and that is worth dying daily for. But until you want it bad enough, you won't do what it takes to get it. And even when you set your heart toward it, the enemy will come. Your flesh will rise up. Your mind will say, this is just too much. But the only thing that is too much is being separated from him I want to walk in the spirit and live by the spirit and move in the spirit come on can I get a witness today Jesus I want to be controlled by him Galatians 5 16 and 17 says this so I say let the Holy Spirit guide our lives He is the one who should be guiding our lives, not Fox, CNN, ABC, MSNBC, not the false prophet down the street that you gave a thousand dollars for a word that didn't come to pass. We are supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. He is our leader. He is the one that guides us into all truth. He is the one that shows us things to come. It says, let the Holy, you have to let him tell your neighbor, let him. You have to let him. He is a gentleman. He is not going to force his way into your life. If you don't want to be with him, he's grieved. You know, he can get his feelings hurt. You know that? He's sensitive. Not like we are, but he's vexed. He can get grieved. He can get offended. He's he's very gentle and he's a gentleman. You have to let him guide you. But the question is, why won't we let him guide us? Why? When he's a very present help in time of need. 
Why do we continue to try to do things without him? Why do we continue to lean on the arm of the flesh? Why do we keep on uh, thinking that everybody else should be doing something for us when the one who rules the universe is trying to help us if we would just let him? Come on. Tell your neighbor, let him. We have to let him. We have to let him. He wants to help you. It would be like if someone was drowning and we threw out a life raft and they said, no, that's okay. I'm going to wait for a boat. Then the boat comes by and they say, no, that doesn't look like it's sturdy enough. They're drowning. It doesn't, I'm going to wait for the helicopter. And then the helicopter comes and they say, no, I don't like heights. And they drown. The Holy Spirit is trying to help us all the time. And we fail to sometimes realize and recognize the vessel through whom he's trying to help us. Or we don't recognize the way in which he's trying to help us because it seems contrary to the way we think. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. We don't recognize sometimes the help that's right before us. You see, we need to let him guide us. Tell your neighbor, let him. So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And here's what happens when you do. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. It's a holy exchange. It's a divine transaction. You have a choice. You can either live misery. You can either live in your flesh. And for the moment, it feels good. Oh, it feels good to eat that cheesecake. Nom, nom, nom. It feels good to stay up and watch one more episode on Netflix. Just one more. Oh, that last episode was a cliffhanger. Just one more. It feels good in the moment to just do what you want to do. But later on, it doesn't feel so good. Later on, when you're exhausted, it don't feel so good. Later on, when you have to pay the wages of sin, which is death, it no longer feels good. We have to get ahead of the enemy. And we do that by letting the Holy Spirit guide us. Somebody say, let him. Let him. Let, you, you're doing good today. I had to put this one on TV. Y'all going to have to start talking back to him because all those people out there, be th- I think I'm talking to, my wall, to the wall. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, the force of the flesh and the force of the Spirit, these are both forces. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Not every once in a while, all day, every day. All day, every day, all day, every day, man, I know, you know what? I know, I know, I know you better shut your eyes when that lady walks by, because if you don't shut your eyes, you keep gazing at that. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to sit in your heart. Ladies, you too. Can we be real up in church? You want me to be really religious or do you want me to be real? Take your pick. It's constantly, constantly, constantly. Every day when your alarm goes off, some of you be wrestling with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, Lord, just give me five more minutes, please. 
Holy Spirit's like, no, get up and pray. I want to bring you breakthrough. You're like, oh, but my flesh is weak. My spirit is willing. And the Holy Ghost is saying, then get up, spirit. And you're saying, no, no, but you know, I, I got to bed late last night. The Holy Spirit saying, then go to bed earlier tomorrow night. And, then, and you're saying, no, but I, 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 and the Holy Spirit saying, stop making the excuses. I'm trying to bring you into breakthrough. I'm trying to bring you the miracle that you said you wanted. I'm trying to teach you how to climb the holy hill. I'm trying to bring you Mr. Wright and Mrs. Wright. I'm trying to prosper you and get you that new house, but I need you to cooperate with my spirit. Jesus. Woo. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other and you are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, it's not all the devil. So many believers blame all their trouble on the devil. The devil is not your issue. Do you know that in the millennial kingdom, the devil is going to be tied up for a thousand years? Is that what the Bible says? A thousand years with no devil. And there will still be people in that thousand years that choose to reject God. There will still be people in that thousand years who choose to murder, who choose to steal, who choose to fornicate, who choose to commit all manner of sin. There will still be people, even when the devil's locked up in chains, that will still choose to sin. So what does that tell me? It's not all the devil's fault. It's that stinking, nasty, rotten flesh of ours. That's why you got to bathe it every day because it stinks if you don't. <laughs> Amen. It's stinking nasty. It's rotting. Our outward bodies are decaying. Do you realize that? Like literally decaying. You get new skin every seven years. Your, your body is literally, listen, some of y'all, when you were 20, you looked the whole, didn't you? Your face was all free of wrinkles. <laughs> Amen. You had all kind of energy. And you could eat whatever you wanted and knock in a pound. Right? Let <laughs> Lord transport me back in the spirit to when I was 25. With the knowledge I have today and the wisdom I have today, I would have shaken the world upside down. Amen. Are you living in the Spirit? Living in the Spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. Hey guys, did you know I'm in South Florida? At Awakening House of Prayer, every Sunday, preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils. Our heart is to equip you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. You'll discover that Christ is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in every single service. Now, you've got two different opportunities to encounter God and His Word through prophetic worship, 
and relevant messages every week. Give me a year of your life. Apply the word that I teach and watch what God does. Two services, 1047 a.m. That's a practical teaching with a prophetic edge. 1.30 p.m. That is School of the Spirit at Ahop or going into the deep things of God. Most weeks, we've got a 4 p.m. Straight up teaching, no worship on that 4 p.m. service, but we're going deep, equipping our community for works of service. Signs, wonders, miracles, prophesying, casting out devils. Listen, we're looking to raise up an army in our region. And if you're not in the region, jump on over to ahop.online. You'll find our morning service streaming over there. Become a web church member, go deeper, ahop.online slash webchurch. We'll see you there. When I was 25 years old, I thought I was invincible. I didn't think I needed God. I decided, I decided, I decided that when I was in my 40s, that's when I'd surrender. Because I believed that God was. I just didn't believe I was called to serve him. And when I, was, I thought, when I get in my 40s, I'll surrender. I'll live a holy life. I'll pray. I'll go to church. I'll do all the things I know I'm supposed to do. And God laughed. He just laughed. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take you to jail. I'm going to set you up with all these false accusations. I'm going to let a police officer beat the snot out of you. I'm going to put you in jail for battery on a Leo and resisting arrest with violence and then see how you feel about me. And that's what he did. Bruised, battered, I was in jail and I hit rock bottom and I said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's funny how when we hit rock bottom, funny how when we hit rock bottom what we fail to remember what we fail to realize is every time we move in the flesh instead of the spirit we are edging closer to a new rock bottom in the christianity we call it getting to the end of ourselves the world calls it rock bottom christians call it getting to the end of myself when we realize finally that apart from him we can't do anything jesus said it but we don't believe it apart from me you can do nothing and we don't get it. We still try to do it in our own strength. We still try to do it our way. We still try to leave him out of the equation. And he's trying so hard to help us. And our sinful nature is wrestling with him. See, we like to talk in the church about this wrestling in Ephesians 6. Because Paul the apostle says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But one translation of that verse says, we wrestle not only against flesh and blood. Because the reality is, yes, we're battling demons, but we're also battling our flesh. We wrestle with our flesh. The Holy Spirit is wrestling with our flesh. The King James says the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit. And guess what? We just need to let the Holy Ghost win. Just like Jacob, when he was there in the wilderness and he stayed up all night wrestling the devil, wrestling the Lord. He was wrestling his own demons. He was wrestling his own past. And he began to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the angel of the Lord blessed him, but the angel of the Lord won. See, you can wrestle with God all you want to, but he's going to win. So you may as well give it up. Amen. Go ahead and just tell your neighbor, give it up. He's going to win. How long do you want to keep yourself? How long do I want to keep myself miserable wrestling with God? I'd rather wrestle with the devil. I can win that fight. 
I can win a wrestling match with the devil, but we will never win a wrestling match with the Holy Ghost. It will not happen. We will wear ourselves out. That's what we call getting to the end of ourselves. I wanted to shut this church down some years ago. I mean, I hated it. Hated it. Sierra's like, yes, she did. I remember that. Thank you. I got a witness. I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. People in here tell, oh, women can't preach. Well, you're too late. You're 20 years too late, honey. You're 20 years too late. All the men in the city so jealous because I, in, in a year I had more people than they had in 30 years. Why? Because they got dead, dumb, dry religion, crusty and nasty, judgmental and critical, you know. Hey, so what? Somebody comes and smells like cigarette smoke and... So what? Somebody comes in and flip-flops and torn jeans. And? So what, man? Hey. Pennsylvania gave me a witness. Every demon in hell came to try to shut me down. People would come in here, the witches and the warlocks, to just mock me and create discord in my atmosphere. We had people betraying me left and right. I had so many knives on my back, I could barely get up. And I hated it. And I wanted to shut it down so many times. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. He just would not let me. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Give me one good reason. I've just given you 105 reasons why we should shut this down tomorrow. You can't give me one reason why. And he was silent. Just completely quiet. Didn't say a word. And I'm like, what is this? I'm prophesying to everybody. You can't prophesy to me. Holy Ghost, send a prophet. Do something. Jesus. The Lord spoke to me during worship. And he said, we're in a Jericho moment. Now I need you to understand the dynamics of a Jericho moment. God gave them instructions that had to be obeyed precisely. See, sometimes when you're in a fight, sometimes we're in a war, God will give you a plan so specific. If you veer to the right or to the left, you'll miss your breakthrough. How bad do you want it? Now, here's the Jericho moment. One minute they're marching. I mean, they marched and they marched and they marched and they marched for day after day after day after day. I imagine their feet were hurting. I imagine they were growing weary. I imagine they were wondering, is this really going to work? See, but God will give you specific instructions to defeat the devil that's trying to defeat you. And they always work. The plan of God, the strategy of God never fails because the word of God never fails. We are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he has the battle plan. He has the strategy. It's not always the same strategy, but whatever strategy it is, it will work. And here at this Jericho moment, one moment they're marching. And the next moment they're shouting. And in that moment of the Jericho shout... In that moment that they'd been waiting for, in that moment of expectation, their job was done with the shout. It was a shout of faith that brought the walls down. It was a shout of faith that moved God. It was a shout of faith that moved the hand that moved the world. It was a shout of faith that caused God to, God to rise up in response to the shout and bring the walls down for good. In one moment, listen to me. If you're listening, say amen. amen. One moment they're in the wilderness. And just that fast, they were in the promised land. 
Some of you have been in the wilderness and you've been marching around and 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 marching around. But here's the thing that you need to know when you're in the wilderness, when you're in the desert, when you're in the valley, just this quick, as quick as you can release a shout of faith, you can step out of that wilderness and into the promised land. Are you seeing it? So in this Jericho moment, before we transition, listen, we're going to shout. Amen. Not just any shout, not a lukewarm shout, not a shout. Well, I'm going to do it because she said so and I don't want her to call me out. No, not will. I'm talking about a shout of faith, a shout in which by which you really truly believe that God is who he says he is. So when we count to three, we're going to, sh- I mean, I want you to be hoarse when you leave here today. <laughs> I want you to shout. Listen, I don't want you to shout from here. I want you to shout from here. I want you to shout from your spirit. So I'm going to let Ramika do the countdown. At Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the gospel of Christ or break out of bondage. Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions to evangelize and equip believers, there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves. That's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best. We're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy. Ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses. Global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Messiah-centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East. Ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nations. When you sow into JLM, you are sowing into the work of God in the nations. Together, we're better. Will you partner with us? 
to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to feed hungry people, to bring hope to the addicted, and more, you can sow a seed today at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. Thank you for your partnership. In 2007, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation. I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God. I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves that God put together. And I know it's predicated on prayer. The Awakening Prayer Hub's mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common, to contend for the Lord's will in its city, state, and nation. Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engel, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at awakeningprayerhubs.com?